For this mental prep episode, we're going to talk about determining what your triggers are personally um, and how to avoid them or just trying to avoid them. So one of the most important and largest tools you can have is knowing yourself by studying your own addiction. To get a good handle on this, you can learn about a powerful function of memory and reflex called conditioning. This is a psychology subject, so if you ever take a class in psychology, whether it be high school, college, or online, you can learn about an experiment that was done. The research that I want you to look into is Pavlov's, Pavlov's discovery of conditioning, It's now considered to be called classical conditioning. I want you to also research operant conditioning. And lastly, instrumental learning. So these uh, are all important. By learning how conditioned behavior can be intentionally created, we can develop a better eye to spot our own unique, unintentionally conditioned behaviors. These can be labeled as triggers. So um, I'm going to talk a little bit about Pavlov's conditioned experiment with the dogs. And it's not going to be 100% spot on, but I'm going to try from the best of my recollection of how this experiment worked. So they took dogs that were not trained or otherwise didn't have very many learned behaviors and they would not really react when people would come into the room. And the experiment was to see if they could trigger a psychological and physical response to the animal based on conditioning them through a routine. So there is a paired understanding of when this happens, it means this is going to happen. So they would go into the room and uh, this particular person would feed the dog. And I'm not sure if there was a bell used or not in this experiment. Uh, I believe at some point they might have used a bell. But if you can imagine that every time an animal was being fed, uh, there was a bell paired along with it, and it was ring. The Eventually the animal would make a psychological pairing that any time they heard that bell, it would surely mean that food was going to follow. And the experiment held true to that. Eventually, the pairing was complete, and the animal was conditioned to believe that whatever the circumstances that they use, whatever, whether it be the person walking into the room that traditionally feeds them, or a certain phrase was said, or the ringing of a bell, what have you, it would trigger a response in the animal. And the way they gauged that was gauging the animal's saliva and how much spit would come out of the animal's mouth. Now, these type of experiments uh, in modern times are deemed to be inhumanitarian. Actually, they even did some of these experiments on a little boy, um, and you can learn a little bit about that as soon as you start re- researching Pavlov's discovery of conditioning. It kind of leads into the other conditioning experiments that have happened 
and you get to read a little bit about the psychological fix that they found in human beings as well. Uh, but it definitely showcases and 100% proves that the conditioning of pairing two things together is in fact true. And that is a powerful thing to know. Uh, and you'll recognize that when we start going over this right here. So some common triggers among smokers are going to be... Uh, there's a lot. Uh, but the most common, I would say, is probably stress. It's the most common culprit for the relapse of a smoker trying to quit. Being unable to deal with stress. Be aware of things or situations which you've noticed yourself smoking to cope with the stress and do your best to avoid them. You will have to learn how to endure stress without a pacifier. So, uh, leading up to your quit date while you are doing this mental preparation, you should be keeping an eye on what things around you are triggering you and making you smoke. And it almost always is going to be paired with stress so we have to learn with a, a different way to deal with stress maybe the best way to deal with stress is stress is not do anything at all and wait it out because as time passes um, things that are super intense in the moment dissipate and they become not as impactful and harsh and potent so maybe time is the best way to deal with stress uh, another common thing is seeing somebody smoke, whether it is a movie or a person in front of you. Watching someone smoke triggers an impulsive craving. You need to start keeping an eye on, well, if I'm hanging out with another smoker and they decide to light up a cigarette, that does not necessarily mean it's time for you to light up a cigarette as well. When you do that, you are pairing seeing, seeing somebody smoke with smoking itself. So in the afterlife of smoking when you are past your your time of being a smoker and you are a non-smoker you do not want the psychological pairing of seeing someone smoke causing you to have a craving so i would start reducing that as soon as you possibly can and keep an eye on that and there are other triggers but they really vary for individuals. Some people like to smoke in their car, and when they get in their car, that's, that's what they like doing. Some people like to have it with their coffee. These you need to be aware of, and probably leading into your quit date, start pairing those particular situations with other things. Um, and do that rather than go into cold turkey and eliminate all your pairings your psychological pairings and your daily pairings all at once that's going to be exceptionally challenging not saying it's impossible but you may uh, find it a little bit easier if you st wash your car get it detailed get it super clean uh, and that way it doesn't smell like smoke hopefully they can remove the smell of the smoke and use that as your reasoning not to smoke in your car anymore you want to keep it fresh clean that way other people that get in your car don't smell it you don't have to smell it because when you quit smoking you're going to smell that you're going to smell that bad it's going to be um, a weird kind of turn off turn on kind of smell 
because it will make you want to smoke, but you will recognize it as being a foul smell. Strange, but that's the way it works. I highly recommend cleaning your car and removing that pairing. Uh, the other strong one that I could throw out there is phone conversations. Yeah, take take those um, phone calls without smoking. I know it's a challenge. That's a hard one to kick because it's one of the things we go through. But if you have a long phone call, you may realize that you end up smoking more than you would have had you not had that phone call. So unpairing that can help you quite a bit in reducing your nicotine intake. So you need to find out what your craving alternatives may be. If you find yourself having a craving, uh, how do you deal with that? And uh, what, what ways can you pacify that? Um, you've probably heard of the process of replacing one negative behavior with another negative behavior. Well, this is an opportunity to be preemptive and plan ahead to ensure you are transitioning from negative to positive, from unhealthy to healthy. It might not always be possible, though. So here are some examples of craving alternatives. Oral fixation, you can use straws, toothpicks, nothing at all. You know, true cold turkey, just nothing. And you learn to adapt your day-to-day routine without having anything in your mouth. Uh, It's probably the best for your teeth, to be honest. But uh, if you absolutely have to have an oral fixation, then, you know, try one of those suggestions or maybe come up with one of your own. Uh, For just standard cravings, uh, you can try healthy snacks. Keep some baby carrots around you, some snap peas, veggies, and fruits. That's what I recommend because you're going to get an appetite. Expect your appetite to come back uh, with a vengeance, and you have to be kind of cautious of that because if you're used to eating kind of not all that great, but you've been able to get away with it because your metabolism's been high and smoking's kind of helped curb your appetite so you're not having that much of it, uh, get ready for a very rude awakening. Um, those unhealthy habits unhealthy eating habits can really bite you in the butt because weight gain is very possible when you quit smoking so uh, a healthy transition there uh, could help quite a bit with maintaining um, the the other health aspects of your life Uh, for restless and anxious feelings I'm gonna and that will come restlessness I, I you'll hear during the the course of the 30 days there was a period of time where I had a hard time sleeping so stock up on melatonin when you approach your quit date you're probably going to need melatonin um, the the first couple days because you for whatever reason you will just not be able to go to sleep strange thing happened to me I woke up the next day with barely any sleep maybe three hours excuse me and uh, I felt more rested than I had in a long, long time. I don't know if that was nicotine leaving my system that made me feel more alert. Uh, I'm not sure what exactly was causing that, but I, I wish I could have gone to sleep at a normal time. So be smarter than me. Prepare. Stock up on melatonin. Uh, that way you have it on hand if you need it. Uh, going to work the next day, not a, having any sleep sucks. Uh, baths or a shower. Make them enjoyable. Make it a period where, oh, I feel anxious. I need to go do something super relaxing. Cool. Clean your bathtub out. Get all that nasty funk out of your bathtub. Clean it to where it's nice. 
Uh, half of you aren't taking baths because your bathtub is dirt nasty and you don't have your face anywhere close to the bottom of that thing because you're always taking showers and you don't know how funky that thing's gotten over the years. <laughs> Hopefully it hasn't been years since you cleaned it. Get in your bathroom, clean that thing up. Uh, maybe go and get some nice fragrance. Uh, we all grew up having bubble baths. There's no shame in still enjoying a nice bubble bath. Make that water hot and uh, just chill out. Chill out if you're feeling those restless feelings. Put some music on and just give yourself a chance to turn off. We're on so much throughout the day. You know, all day we're working. Uh, if we're not working, we're in our commute to go to work or getting ready for work. And then when we get off of work, we're prepping what we're going to eat. And we're getting our kids, you know, if you have a family, you're getting your kids all situated. You're getting homework taken care of and it's just on, on, on. And in your middle point, you're like, hey, man, I haven't got to check my online social media so now you're spending your free time scrolling for that and making sure you saw all the things for the day and it's just on 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 when do we have a time to just relax relax and chill and that's that's the beauty of the bath and we need to bring that back make baths cool again they are not a feminine thing anybody that tells you that uh is missing out themselves on a very, very important, tranquil period uh, in their day that they could be meditating or just cutting loose and turning the brain off for a little bit to chill out or warm up, depending on the temperature of the water. Uh, What else? Take naps. Naps are okay. Naps are great. If you have the opportunity to take a nap, take a nap. That'll help you get through a craving. You find yourself craving stuff, but you're a little bit fatigued? Sleep it off. Uh, The first 30 days, I'd recommend that you try to go to bed a little little earlier, if you can. Uh, It will be great. You'll get more sleep. That's more time out of the day that your, your body is turned off, your mind's turned off, so it... It doesn't have power over you. Whereas when you're awake and conscious, that's when your mind starts turning on you and giving you all the uh, excuses to jump right back into your addiction. So, uh, yeah. I recommend sleeping at an early bedtime. We'll see you on the next mental episode.